0: what I feel today from the Word of the Lord. I'm going to begin at Romans the 10th chapter, the 16th verse, Romans 10 and 16. Praise God. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Elias or Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, barely. Their sound went into all the earth and their words unto, all, unto the ends of the world. Then he said, "But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses saith, "I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation." I will anger you. Then Elias again is very bold and saith, I have found them that sought me not. I have made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But Isaiah, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Here, no doubt the Apostle Paul being inspired by this very same words that's given to us from the book of Isaiah. And he even quoted from him who hath believed our report. Who has believed? Then he goes on to tell us what, how faith comes. It comes by hearing the word of the Lord. And then uh, he tells how the children of Israel God's holy nation, that God spoke through Moses and said, Moses, you tell Israel, I will provoke you to, a, to jealousy. I'm going to make my people jealous of me. Amen. I'm going to make my people jealous. And the way I'm going to make them jealous is because I'm going to reach out and touch a people that are, that are no people. I'm going to touch the Gentile." Uh, No people or by a foolish nation will I anger you. I'll take a very foolish people, and I will touch their life, and that will make Israel or the Jews jealous of what I have done for them. And he he told them that uh, it's going to be a people. I was found of them that sought me not. They wasn't looking for me. But I found them. He said, I made manifest unto them that asked not after me. They wasn't even seeking after me, but I'm gonna manifest myself to them. Because he said, I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient people and to gainsaying people that has not appreciated what I have done for them. They have not responded back to me as they should have. I want to tell you it's an important thing today when God is so gracious to reach forth his hand to touch us that we reach back our hand to God. It will not always be available to us. We will not always have an opportunity to feel what we feel and enjoy what we're enjoying. And I want to tell you it is a great blessing to be able to serve the Lord. What a joy it is to be in the house of God today. Amen. I was glad David said when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. All that would ever have to happen to us today is for us to miss these opportunities for a few times, and we would find out that it is truly a joy to be able to go to church. Amen. A lot of pressure. Run, run, run. Well, I'm going to tell you we're running for the right thing when you're running to church. Amen. When you're coming to the house of the Lord, when you say, hey, I've got to get there, I've got to be there, I want to be there, it is important that we respond to God. Amen. When God passes our way. You know, one of the striking things in the Gospels of the life of Jesus Christ was how over and over, repeatedly, how that the people that should have recognized Jesus did not see. They they were clueless. They they knew the Old Testament. They had studied the writings of the prophets. Uh, They were endeavoring to live their life by the writings of the prophets. Yet whenever the Messiah came that the prophets prophesied about and said he's going to come, They told how he was going to come. They told the place that he was going to come from. They told so many wonderful truths of Jesus Christ. Yet when Jesus Christ stepped on the scene, that whole religious bunch did not recognize him. In fact, they were the ones that carried him to the cross and the Roman soldiers drove the nails in his hands because they could not and did not recognize who Jesus really was. Oh, what a sad, sad, sad story. And I don't know, I I could spend a long time today talking to you and giving you many, many, many examples of this in the Bible. Uh, Of encounters that Jesus had with them. They were always trying to trap him. They were jealous of him. You know one reason they were? Because he came outside the system. He did not come like they wanted him to come. And he broke the tradition. And he broke through all their rituals. And, and, he, and he associated with people that they literally, you're talking about hate. Hey man, that word is not even strong enough for the way they felt about the Gentile people. They, they literally hated uh, the Gentiles and the Samaritans, and and Jesus associated and re- was reaching out to these people, and and all through the study of the life of Jesus, you find it repeatedly over and over. They kept on missing it. They kept on missing it. They kept on missing it. They were just trying to trying to trick him some way with some trick question, and and, and they they could not see it. They could not grasp who Jesus really was. Here is an example given to us and it was a woman she met him at the well because he told his disciples he said oh he felt an urge in the spirit. He felt driven in the spirit to go by Samaria and so he passed through that uh, that town where the Samaritans lived which were Jews it was a mix between the Jews and the Gentiles And Jesus went through that town, and when he did, he met a woman. He sat on the well, and a woman came to draw, and there he began to talk to that woman, ask her for a drink, and she looked at him, and she said, you being a Jew would ask water for me? And He said, I want to tell you something, woman. If you would just ask, I would give you water that you would never thirst again as long as you live. Brother, I'm going to tell you what we got in this church. We've got water. If you keep drinking this water, you won't ever go back to the drug world. You won't ever want another drink of alcohol if you go back. Come on, church. It's important on this Sunday that you respond way up in the mezzanine, all over the building, that everybody in the house would respond to the spirit of the Holy Ghost. If you take a drink of this water, you won't never thirst, little lady, again. Because I'll have living water. And the key word here—it's He that drinketh. It's not just one time I got—I prayed. It's He that has to have a, takes a drink every day. Everybody say drinketh. See, that's a very strong point for daily devotion. Now, I want tell you what we try to do, if we're not careful. We take one big drink today, we get up on Monday morning, we pass through it. We get up on Tuesday, we pass, we, up on we pass through it. We get up on Wednesday, we pass through it. We get up on Thursday, we go through it. We get up on Friday, we go through it. We go through Saturday and Sunday, and then we go all the way back around. In about another week, we get another drink. But that's not the key. The key to living for God is to have you a personal devotion, a personal relationship, a personal walk with God every day of your life, every day of your life, every day of your life. life. What is making this church what this church is today is people that has heard the pastor preach. And when the pastor preached about endeavoring some way, to have a daily devotion every day of your life, uh, opening of the Bible, reading some out of the scripture. Re- I'm talking about at home. I'm talking about at the office. Uh, I'm talking about on vacation. I'm talking about wherever you're at. We're going to be reading some out of the book and feeding from the word of the Lord and, and bowing our knee before God and saying, God, I need your help today. I can't make it by myself. Oh, Brother Holmes, do you promise me that it will thunder? Do you promise me there will be lightning? Do you promise me that I'll feel quaking and and the anointing and the glory of the Holy Ghost? No, I don't promise any of that, but I promise one thing. When you need God, God will be there because you have been faithful to God. It brings a peace It brings a deep, settled peace. It brings a joy that this world knows nothing about. I want to tell you what else it'll do for you. When temptation is there, when the opportunity to do wrong is there, you know what God will do? He'll step on the scene. He said, I'll raise up a standard or I'll raise up a wall against the devil. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then whenever that woman, whenever she saw, when she heard him speak, she said, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Oh, oh, oh. The lawyers couldn't figure it out. The scribes couldn't figure it out. The high priest couldn't figure it out. But this little lowly woman that was a Samaritan said, I perceive. I perceive that there's something holy and sacred and that you are a prophet sent from God. I perceive, I got perception, I understand. Amen. The anointing that I'm feeling is the presence of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon me. And then the scripture said, the woman left her water pots and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, come, see a man which told me all things that I, ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Is not this the one we've been looking for? Is not this the Christ? And the Bible said they went out of the city and came unto him." Hey Amen. here come a city because of the witness of a little woman. But she had the perception. She had the right response. When she felt the anointing, she didn't close up her emotions and she didn't say, I'm not gonna let it touch me. She did not have scales over her eyes. And say, I cannot see and I cannot feel that there's not something different. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful thing to encounter the presence of God and be able to recognize, hey, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on that song. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is on that preacher. It's all right. Everybody clap. How is your perception today? How is your understanding today? Amen. The scripture said in the book of Acts that they gladly received the word and were baptized the same day and added unto them about 3,000 souls. They gladly, they were happy to, everybody say gladly, they were glad to receive the word. I mean, how simple could it be today? I mean, who could get tripped up over the message of salvation? When you look in the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter and the 18th verse, and God said, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on this earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on this earth is going to be loose." Peter, you've got the keys. They're in your hands. And then ever, whenever Jesus ascended back into heaven and the disciples stood there looking up as he went up, hallelujah to God. Two angels, two men, they said, why stand ye here gazing up into the heavens? Why are you just standing around gazing, gazing, gazing? I can see you know, as he got smaller and smaller and finally vanished out of their sight and they were gazing, they said that this same Jesus that you've seen go up is the same Jesus that's gonna come back down to this earth and come and rapture his church. said, you go back to Jerusalem and you wait there until you're endued with power from on high. And then the scripture tells us that 120 of them went back to Jerusalem and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in that upper room at Jerusalem and they were praying and seeking God. And then the day of Pentecost came, which is a Jewish feast day, Amen, that day came and the Holy Ghost came on them. It was like fire out of heaven that fell on them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And then as they was worshiping and praising and glorifying God, the multitude gathered around that building. And some of them, (laughs) ha, 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 look at him. And another one laughing, said, mocking and laughing, and said, They're full of new wine. And Peter's, that's got the keys to the kingdom, stood up. And he said, Let me tell you something. We're not drunk as ye suppose. Seeing it's the third hour or nine o'clock in the morning, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that's going to come to pass in the last days, say of God. I'm going to pour out. Brother, I'm going to tell you, he's still pouring out. I'm going to pour out. For those that's got the perception, he's still pouring out. For those that's got an understanding, they're still getting the Holy Ghost. For those that can see there's more to church, well, I want to go to church now, so I'm going to go down here. I'm going to go down to church. Everybody needs to go to church. Everybody understands everybody needs to go to church. So I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to sit there real quiet. And I'm going to have somebody to tell me, raise your hand and believe in your heart and confess Christ and sign, join the church. We have some classes that you go through and then you become a member of the church. No, no, no. The first church started out with a roaring flame, flame of fire. Some mocked, some mocked, some mocked. Which crowd are you in today? Are you the crowd of the mockers? Are you in the crowd of the believers? Let me tell you, some mocked, but 3,000 believed and got baptized in Jesus' name and received the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Isn't God great? Isn't God good? Isn't it a wonderful life? Aren't you glad you had the perception? Aren't you glad you had the understanding? There's more to God. Amen. You know, I've had a number of discussions with my brother in the last few few months. And I've said, you know, brother, I don't blame people for doubting there's a God. If all the God that... Anybody had ever showed me was going to a church and sitting on a pew and nearly falling off that pew, going to sleep, listening to some preacher preach some dry, dead, lifeless message that all they would have needed to have had a funeral is just a corpse there. It was so quiet. Hey, Amen. I'm going to tell you, you would have never got me back in church a second time either, brother, because I like something that's alive and on fire and moving. Something that's life changing, something that's real. I like something that that alcoholic, he gets it and he's not an alcoholic anymore. The drug addict gets it. And he's not a drug addict anymore. The fornicator gets it. He's not fornicating anymore. Well, I'm still preaching to you. The perverted gets this, and they're not perverted anymore. I'm going to tell you, your problem is you don't drink every day. If you drink every day, you know what this is? This is a drinking church every day. We're drinking from the river of living water. Somebody shout unto the Lord together today. Oh yes. oh, yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You can be seated. Somebody said, Brother Holmes, how can I get in and not go back? I can tell you how to get in and never go back. Drink every day. Somebody said, how can I get rid of these cigarettes? I said, told somebody one time, I said, I guarantee you can't smoke and talk in tongues at the same time. When that cigarette demon jumps on you, you pray to you, start talking in tongues, and I guarantee you that cigarette demon will be gone. When that alcoholic demon jumps on you, I'll tell you what you do. You start having a prayer meeting until you talk in tongues and I guarantee you it'll be gone. Oh, You're not even mimic. God's church is not powerless today. You know what Uncle Government tells us about drug addicts? said there's less than 2% that ever gets off, off of it. Amen. They must have figured out how many of them had gotten the Holy Ghost is all I can figure out. There must be about 2% of them getting the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about this real Holy Ghost. I'm talking about this real Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Some mocked. Some laughed, but 3,000 got baptized and 3,000 of them got the Holy Ghost that day. God poured out his spirit. And then the apostle Peter preached them a message. And at the end of that message, the Bible said they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Everybody say it with me. What Say it with me again. What shall be? First time anybody ever said, How do I get saved? And the man with the keys to the kingdom of heaven stepped up. Oh, I'm glad you ask. I'm the man, Peter said, has got the authority. Let me tell you how to get saved. You repent of your sins. That repentance is not throw the cigarette out at the door and go back and pick it up when you leave. That repentance is I am sick of that up to here. I'm I'm sick of what I've been looking at. I'm sick of what I've been drinking. I'm sick of the way I've been living. I'm sick of the way I've been talking. I'm sick of who I've been running with. I'm going to tell you, new converts, the first thing you need when you get in church, you need to do, you need to quit running with them old buddies. When they come by, you need to say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going nowhere with you. Amen. Hallelujah. The first thing you do, you get sick of your old buddies, old beer drinking buddies, old lying buddies. Oh, cheating buddies. Cheating on their companion buddies. Amen. You get rid of that bunch. You say, no, 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 we don't go nowhere no more, brother. (laughs) I'm walking with a new man. Amen. I'm living a new life. Amen. I've been changed. I'm not going back. I'm not going to see how close I can get to it and then turn around and get out of it. I'm not going to go over there and try to witness to them. You don't need to go witness to them. Send me to witness to them. Amen. Get some of these other brothers to go to witness to them. You don't need to witness to them. You need to pray for them and get away from them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm living a new life. I'm enjoying this Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 He said, what, what do I need to do? He said, what do we need to do to get, get this? He said, Repent. Brother, I'm going to tell you the devil hates that message of repentance because that's the place where the the flesh dies and the flesh does not want to die. I preached Brother Jackson's funeral this week and it gave you the fruit of the Spirit and then when it finished telling you what the fruit of the Spirit, it said, and they that are of Christ have crucified the affections and the lust they crucified the affections, those emotions, those attachments. They crucified those tender feelings. Amen, lustful desires, they have, well, those that are of Christ. Apostrophe, yes, meaning it belong. We belong, those that belong to Christ. Hey, I didn't write that book. My flesh don't want to live by that book. But I want to tell you, I do want to go to heaven. And I know there's a red hot hell. And by God's heaven and grace, Brother Bo, I'm not going to be lost and I'm not going to go to hell. Come on, young men. Show yourself as men. Amen. Be determined. Don't be cowards and wimps. When others want to do wrong, walk away from it and say, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live right, right in the face of a crazy, messed up world. I'm going to do what's right. Repentance. Everybody say repentance. That is the message that religion will leave out every time. Because you don't have to repent to be religious. They will spray a little perfume on you. And they'll just cover up your sins. Well, everybody sins a little bit. It don't hurt to sin. You know, everybody's got vices. Everybody's got... Well, what are you going to go to church for if you're not going to go there to get delivered? Sure, we all have traps. Sure, we are all, that's why we're here today. That's why you're here today. Nobody's in heaven yet. Nobody's made it yet. Nobody's perfect yet. We're still striving. We're still seeking after him. We're still crucifying our flesh. We're still... Well, you knew what I was gonna be preaching for you got here today. That's the reason you're here today is cause you wanna hear it preached. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Brother, somebody's gonna love him. Somebody's gonna live for him. Somebody's gonna have the victory. My, 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 I feel camp meeting in the house today. I feel his anointing, Brother Harton. Everybody stand together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And our, our focus grows dim, and we can't see, but we come back to his house and the word of the Lord stirs up our spirit again, we'll say, oh yeah, (laughs) we'll get right back on track, right back on that prayer life, right back reading that Bible, right back praying till I feel what I felt the day I got the Holy Ghost. That's the challenge, isn't it? Amen, to press on through. When the church loses the message of repentance, That's the one the devil hates the most. That was the altar that you would have faced if you would have went in that old tabernacle plan. If you would have went inside it, if you would have come up to the outer court and entered into the inner court when you walked in that, it faced the east. That gate faced the east because when the sun come up in the morning, it was making the gate to the house of God glisten and glitter. Amen, there it is. There's the, there's the outer court. And there we're inside is the inner court. Hallelujah. And when you lift that tapestry and went under it and went inside that inner court, the first altar you would meet, oh, it was the altar of dying and death. Sheep were being slain. They were bleeding. They were crying. They were moaning. They were groaning. Amen. Blood was being spilt. Hallelujah. Because it was a type and a shadow of repentance. You know what people want to do today? They'll say, hey, I don't want to mess around that all that blood and all that moaning and all that groaning. I don't want none know that dying in my life. So they try to sneak around that altar. And they look at the altar of baptism. And they say, get wet? How much sense does that make? One man ducking another man. That's not important to get baptized. So they skirt around it. And they skirt around the word. And they skirt around the altar of incense and, and the candlesticks. But ooh, if I get back there to that mercy seat. And climb up there on that mercy seat and have God's mercy in my life. have God's presence in my life. You can't get to the mercy seat until you have passed through the altars. don't let religion deceive you. don't let no man because he's got his collar turned around backwards lie to you and tell you that it's you don't have to do nothing lay nothing on the altar. You don't have to pray. You don't have to repent. You don't have to quit anything. Honey, you're good like you are. You're a pretty good person. Well, I challenge you today after this service, bring me the scripture where it says, pretty good person will be acceptable before God. Do what you want to do. and Go to church a little bit and it'd be acceptable. No, it's not like that. The first altar's death. The second altar's water baptism. Right back there between those columns is water. And you get baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah to God. And brother, if you're looking for a new life, if you're looking for a changed life, if you're looking to be a new person, it's a type and a shadow of what happens to a man when he dies. What happens? You bury them. We're buried, the Bible said, in water baptism. Put us under the water. And then, when they bring you up, it's a type and a shadow of the resurrection. Amen. As Jesus was put in the tomb. But honey, he didn't stay in the tomb. And he, he didn't, and you're not. And I'm not. And I want to tell you something. There's going to be a resurrection for everybody. Oh, everybody's going to be in the resurrection. But it's going to be a resurrection to meet an angry God for a lot of people. But for those that have been buried in Christ, they died out to the affections and the lust of this world. They died, so somebody took them down in Jesus' name. Brother Michael, that's what happened to you. Put you under that water because you died. You said, I won't do that anymore. And then you come back up. And then that's when the resurrection, the infilling of God's beautiful spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, over and over, Time and again, I challenge you to go home and read your Bible. Read, 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 read about the people that met Jesus. And read in it. And you will find over and over, over and over, over and over. It was the prostitutes. It was, it was, it was the people that, that life had wrecked their life. Sin had destroyed every hope. One place in the Bible said, it said the common people heard him. The common people. Amen. Lord, help me today to never get so high up that I can't hear and I can't feel and I cannot perceive That's the reason the ministry of the church is to go into the world, the city, and into the jails. And brother, we've already had a group of men today out in the jail this morning. They've already had, where'd y'all go? Rightsville and the boot camp. Boy, that don't sound like a good place. Boot camp. Amen. And they've already had church down there. You know where our revival is at today? It's in opening homes for those that's messed up their life and drugs and they need a second chance. And Boy, I thank God that we've been praying about it and it just, it happened right before my eyes. Amen. There's three homes that have been opened up to help people, people in this church today. I'm going to tell you now, they can sing like nobody else can sing. This third and fourth and fifth generation of Pentecost, we've got the baptism of the Spirit. But they get the Holy Ghost. We want to have church in a cathedral and impress dignitaries. And everybody be quiet. And don't, don't anybody shout. Many years ago, one man started a broadcast, and somebody, it was Brother Burl Dykus, in fact, that came there to sing on the broadcast, and he brought his guitar. And uh, that man that had started this radio program. He said, Now, let me tell you, brother, he said, We don't want nobody saying hallelujah and praise the Lord. We're trying to catch a big fish. Well, sorry to tell you, but the big fish caught him. And it was a female fish. Amen. Fell into sin. Amen. I tell you, God's got a fix for people. Give me this old time religion. The world does their thing. Amen. Thank God for America. But when we get in this house, we're not at McCain Mall. You order to act civil when you're at McCain Mall. You are act civil on the job. The scripture still says don't cast your pearls before the swine. But when you get in this house, this is the house of prayer. Wouldn't it be sad to tell people they can't pray out loud? People can't worship anymore and glorify God in the house of prayer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, I'm closing Y'all make a note of that. I know you're standing, but I'm standing too. You know, Jesus did go to church one day. And when he got there, he made a cord and he drove the money changers out of that church. And brother, they, and then the priest and the high priest, they were upset at him. You know why they were upsetting? Because the children came into the church. And people came in there. And they the Bible said they were worshiping and they were praising God. And these dignified priests said, Can you not hear what they're saying? Children are in the temple praising God. They're dancing, they're worshiping, they're glorifying God. And the deacon board got all upset about it. Amen. Jesus, can't you hear what they're doing? They're crying, Hosanna to the king. Woo! We've never felt this good. We've never had this liberty like we feel in our spirit. We've never had it. Can't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, can you read? Read in the book of Isaiah, he said. Out of the mouth of babes. And that baby that's nursing. Baby, suckling, he said. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. He said, I... How perfected praise. Amen. Out of the mouth of babies. I like to hear those choirs that's got those robes on and every crease is just so straight. Ooh, they really bless my spirit. Well, I want to tell you, they don't do nothing for God because he said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, amen, babbling, Whew. praising him and glorifying. I'm going to tell you, David knew all about God. He was a prophet, he was a king, he was a mighty man of God. And he said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Then he said, just make a joyful noise. not a sad noise a joyful noise unto the lord oh may the lord ever be praised may his name ever be exalted my house shall be called a house of prayer hallelujah 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 are forgiven Then the you think it's a burden for me to go to church. Then you think it's a burden for me to live for God in the house of the Lord. Thank you Jesus, Thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Ooh. Hallelujah. Come on, let God touch your spirit all over this house, up in the mezzanine today. Don't feel like you're not a part of the ending of this service. Come on, you that are in the mezzanine, let God speak to your spirit today. Hallelujah.